Hallelujah. Amen. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to the book of Philippians chapter 3. and We'll begin with verse number 7. I want to say to this wonderful group of people here on a Wednesday night, thank you for coming out in this weather and pushing through all of the nasty rain, etc., yet having a hunger to be in the house of the Lord. So I know that God is going to minister to us here this evening, and we just want to let you know how much we appreciate uh, the effort that you have made uh, to be here uh, this evening. Looking forward to what the Lord is going to be doing uh, this coming Sunday, uh, his blessings and his touch and people receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost and being baptized. We're just looking forward to a great, great move of the Lord. Great, mighty touches of God. Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 7. When the Lord moved on me with this, I had not actually listened to uh, Brother Sapp's message that he preached last Wednesday night. And we were talking today. And I had already finished and started putting this together, trying to fine-tune it a little bit, uh, hear the voice of the Lord. And uh, he mentioned to me that he, I think he, he talked about thorns everywhere, I think he called it, and just dealt with uh, the thorns of life and the difficulties, etc. And uh, the Lord uh, began to minister to me a few days ago and about tonight. And, uh, you know, we are, our theme this year is all things together, all things together, doing everything together. And one of the things we need to do as a church that we need to learn to do is we need to learn to suffer together. Boy, that sounds, that sounds joyous, doesn't it? It sounds like this is going to be fun, suffering together. Uh, but it is probably one of the most powerful things we can ever do is learn to suffer together, to be a unit, to be strong, to stand together no matter what comes, no matter what we have to go through. I know it is certainly a blessing to me when I'm going through something and I know the church is there with me. I think that that is part of the body, part of the purpose of the church is to be strength and encouragement to those who are suffering. And I'm actually going to talk a little while uh, here tonight on the subject, the fellowship of suffering, the fellowship of suffering. Paul the Apostle says in Philippians chapter 3, verse number 7, but what things are gained to me, those I count it loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered. Everyone say, suffered. The loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, righteousness, which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made comfortable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the righteousness of the dead. Verse number 17. Brethren, be followers together of me, Paul the Apostle says. Now he just said 
I want to be in the fellowship of the suffering of Christ. And then to the church he says, be followers together of me. Mark them which walk so as ye have, uh, have us for an example. Lord, we want to hear from you tonight. I pray, God, that through this word, you will, you will strengthen each and every one of us in some way, some form, or fashion. Father, we all suffer in our own way. But we are a part of the body of Christ. From the body, we draw strength. From you, we draw strength. And in that strength, we are willing to suffer if it means the furtherance of the kingdom of God. Touch us, help us, and bless us. We need you tonight. And everybody say amen. Find two or three people around you and tell them, I will help you suffer. I will help you suffer. Find one more and tell them, just change it up a little bit. I will help you in your suffering. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated. Now, I, wa I want to tell you on the very offset of this uh, teaching here this evening that it begins in verse 7. We cannot find ourselves in verse 7. We will certainly never make it through the fellowship of the sufferings of Christ. The sufferings that are just simply going to be brought to you as an individual who serves God. We live in a world that is an untoward generation, the Bible tells us. And that was back in the days of the apostles. We certainly know that we live in that kind of generation today. Every day they are finding ways to remove God further out of the government. To remove God further out of social life, out of relationships to one another here upon this earth. They feel and believe, I guess, that we have everything that it takes to make it on our own. That we can educate sin and be righteous, but you cannot. Therefore, you and I who have chosen to cleave to God to the teachings of the Word of God, and to the ways of God. We are living in a world that is going to bring suffering, both to me, you, our spouses, and our children. If we are going to walk this path, and we're going to make it, not just make it, don't understand, Pastor, just because there is suffering doesn't mean we're defeated. Just because there is suffering doesn't mean we are weak. We're not going to barely make it out of this world. I believe that the church is going to shine its brightest in the last days. I believe that the darker the world gets, the brighter the church is going to become. The more powerful the adversary moves on humanity, I believe you're going to see a church rise up out of the darkness, bright, strong, forceful, full of miracles and power and anointing. 
We are going to be so bright, such a beacon, that every man, woman, and child who desires to know and find God, there will be no doubt where to go. We will be the last standing leg of truth upon this planet because we are not a religion. We are in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Can we clap our hands to the Lord? But the foundation of being able to walk and stand in the midst of suffering in this world. To be able to take persecution, tribulation, adversity that will come against us. The more we live and the further we go, we find it on the job. We find it in the neighborhood. We find it at our schools. We find it in our government. It is an onslaught of an attack against the church. You and I must find ourselves in verse 7. For what things were gained to me? For whatever the world had to offer, for whatever the world could give, however I could advance myself in this world. Paul the Apostle, who was an elite amongst the elite, a Pharisee amongst the Pharisees. He studied at the feet of Gamaliel. He was known everywhere as he went. His name. He was destined, no doubt, to be a part of the Sanhedrin court. Paul the Apostle said, everything that this world has to offer me, everything that religious society has to offer me, I count it loss for Jesus Christ. I have found a new way. I have found a better way. He said, whom I have suffered the loss of all things, all things that this world's given me, all things that man has given given me I have counted it loss and the only thing that matters to me is serving Christ and walking with him Paul the apostle goes further to say oh I want to know him in the power of his resurrection he smote me off of that horse I felt his glory for the first time he blinded me but sent a man by the name of Ananias to remove the scales from my eyes. I witness his glorious power and his anointing. I'm excited to know him in the gifts of the Spirit and in the anointing of the Holy Ghost. But Paul the Apostle said, I recognize something else. If I'm going to walk this walk, if I'm really going to know him, I must also know him in the fellowship of his suffering. If I'm going to make it through this, if I'm I'm going to be everything in God that I want to be and God that God wants me to be I must be willing to suffer but the beauty about it is we're not alone it's a fellowship we're in this thing together when you're weak I'm strong when I'm weak you're strong when I stumble you stand firm when you stumble I'll stand firm and together my friend whatever comes our way we're going to get through it we're going to make it out we're going to be stronger than we've ever been we're going to be higher than we've ever gone we're going to conquer everything that comes against us yes there's suffering but we're going to do it together and we're going to grow
grow from it. And people are going to be saved. And we're going to overcome. Jesus Christ said, fear not the world. I have overcome the world. Trust in me. Believe in me. You're going to make it. I feel and believe in the Holy Ghost. I've come to address a lying spirit. A spirit that would tell me and you when we suffer that we are suffering all alone. That we are by ourselves, cut off in a corner. No hope, nowhere to turn, no escape. But I've come to tell you and me tonight in the Holy Ghost that some, if not much, of the suffering that you and I are facing, somehow we need to turn it around and we need to get a new outlook on it. And we need to say, you know what, devil? You are not in control of my life. And if God's allowing me to walk through this, there must be something. He wants me to get out of it. And when I'm done getting what God wants me to get, I'm going to be stronger in the Holy Ghost or full of His power. I'm going to have more faith I'm going to know deep down inside that there's nothing he can't bring me out. Nothing he won't bring me through. Nothing I cannot overcome. Nothing I cannot conquer. And when it's time for the real battle, when it's time for the real test, you better look out, devil, because I have learned to suffer. Oh, come on, clap your hands to the Lord. I've learned to suffer the right way. Oh, yeah. Suffering isn't going to put me in a corner anymore. Suffering isn't going to make me stay in bed anymore. Suffering isn't going to put a spirit of defeat on me anymore. I'm going to rise up and say, okay, God, I don't understand everything, but I am yours. And I'm going to suffer with you in the fellowship we're going to make it. We're going to do it. We're going to be better. And we're going to be stronger. Oh, love him, love him, love him. What a God we serve. You know, if you love the Lord, in the end, the results is going to be the same anyway. Somehow, through all of your mully grubs, is that a word in South Florida? That's a word in Louisiana. Mully grubs. I have no idea what it means before. It means to be, you know, uh, just swallowed up in your own sorrow. Down in the mully grubs. That's what they would say. How many of y'all heard that before? Okay, there's some, there's, some, there's some of us backwoods people up in here. Down in the mully grubs. You're just all swallowed up in your, in your sorrow. All swallowed up in your suffering. Complaining and bickering and crying. And go through this whole process, cussing the devil. And the whole time it's God. 
just trying to get a little something out of you. He loves you so much. He looks at you, and you're made out of the finest gold on earth. But there's just some impurities in you, and he just don't want them to stay there. So there's only one way to get it out. He's got to turn up the heat. And just when you thought things were, were going to cool down, it just gets a little hotter. And everything starts melting all over again. What's he doing? He's just trying to bring all those impurities to the surface so he can just kind of scrape them off the top. And every time you go through that process, you're just a little pure. And every time you're a little bit more pure, he can use you just a little bit more mighty. Because he's not worried about pride so much. He's not worried about arrogance so much. He's not, he's not worried about uh, jealousy or lust or different things. Why? Because he's been scraping them off the top. But how does he do that? He does that by putting you through just times of hardships and difficulties. And I want to tell you, it don't matter if you live in a mansion or you live in a hut. God knows how to get you to suffer. He knows what to do with you. He knows how to do it. And so we'll go through this, and most of us, we just go through it wrong. And, and uh, we will spend two or three weeks going through this difficult trial and this hard situation. Finally, in the end, you know, we get the victory, and we come down here, and we kind of shout in the altar a little bit, and we get delivered, and we learn a little something. But God has come to say, listen, I wish you could get a hold of this, the Spirit says. You don't, you don't have to be in the mully grubs. I think God knows that word. You don't have to be in the mully grubs. You don't have to be all swallowed up in your sorrow. If you could recognize that I'm just working in you and that we're going to get through this together and that you're not alone. There's a whole fellowship. I'm working on the whole body. I'm telling you, God's working on this whole church. He's moving in our lives and stirring things up and twisting and pulling and punching. Why? Because revival's on its way. Great revival. Victory is on is on the horizon. Come on, somebody. God says, I've got but a little time. I gotta get you ready. I gotta get your heart right. I gotta get your mind right. I gotta get your spirit right. I've got to get you the place where you count everything as dung and you let everything fall off. And the only thing that matters is God. Does anybody feel that way tonight? go through this process and finally get, uh, get out on the other end. But the Lord says, no, no, no. We need to do this different. You need to see this different. You got to recognize it from a whole new perspective. Listen, I want to tell you, the devil is the biggest puppet in the universe. He is on the strings of God. He's like an old dog on a big, mean, fat, ugly, toothless Bulldog to scare you to death. Takes off running when you get near the yard. But he gets to the end of that chain. Pulls back. Because he's not going to put more on you than you can bear. It's his word. Somebody help the preacher here tonight. I come to tell you. I come to let us know. Friend, God is working in us. God is moving through us. He uses the adversary to do it sometime. Sometime he'll use people. But I'm saying, God, help me. Help me to recognize when I'm going through something. It's, it's, not, your, uh, it's not your punishment. It's, it's not 
not you coming against me. It's your love for me. And, and I need to learn to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. God, I don't know what's in there. But together, me and you, we're going to get it out. Because if you think it needs to come out, then it needs to come out. And maybe it can't come out with a little simple prayer. Maybe fasting can't get it out. Maybe the word can't get it out. Maybe it's buried in so deep into your nature that the only thing that's going to get it out is for God to mess with you. We get up all up in the suffering, and we handle it all wrong. And the next thing, we become like an old wounded dog. And, and, and we're in the fellowship of suffering. And some kind lady, some good, fine brother of the Lord comes up to you and puts your arm around you and puts his arm around you. And he, he just, you know, felt in the spirit. Why? It's the fellowship of suffering. We're in this thing together. If the hand hurts, the body hurts. It's the word of God. No part of the body can hurt without the whole body knowing that it's hurting. And so we're in this thing together. We suffer together. They put their arms around you. But you think they just come to make fun of you. You think they just come to belittle you. You think they just come to see what's going on and to be nosy and the next thing you know we turn on that one we bite this one like an old wounded dog I just come to pet you next thing I know my hands bit that's what happens to us and we and we we exile ourselves from the fellowship of suffering when it's the only place we're going to get healed we must learn to bring it to the house of God and we must learn to let our brothers and our sisters walk with us in this we're going to get through it and we're going to be better than we've ever been when we do. Romans chapter 6 verse number 3 Paul puts it this way to the church of Rome. It says know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also walk in the newness of life. Our problem is we want to walk in the newness of life without dying. But we don't get new life until we learn to die to the old life. Newness of life. New way of thinking. New desires. New ambitions, new hopes, new goals in our life. Verse number five. For if we have been planted together, everybody say together. We have been planted together in the likeness of his death. We are the fellowship of the dead. When we do that, we come together in the house of God to die so that when we're done dying we can resurrect into the newness of life with power and anointing 
But the old flesh doesn't want to die. But before we can be planted in the likeness of his resurrection, we've got to be planted together in the likeness of his death. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying when you see somebody going through something, don't talk about them. Don't wonder what they did wrong. Who knows and who cares? We need to recognize that whatever they're going through, whether it's their fault, whether the devil's on them, or whether God is working in them, they are a part of the body. And if we don't get through this together, it's not just them that's going to die. It's going to hurt the body. I want to tell you. If I'm stupid enough to put my hand in a hornet's nest. I was pretty close to that, by the way, when I was a kid. We would take a mason jar, and we'd find a red wasp nest. And we'd get a mason jar, and you go put that mason jar up on that red nest, and you scoot it and knocks it off, falls into the jar. Wasps are flying everywhere. And you take that little thin lid, and you flip it over, and you hold it. you got to be really careful while you do all this. And then you put that lid on. And then you get in a circle. We call it wasp roulette. We get in a circle and we'd loosen that lid until it was almost off. And then we would roll that mason jar to one another. So I probably would put my hand in a wasp nest. But here's the point. If I went over there and put my hand up in a wasp nest and it gets stung two or three times, the rest of my body don't go over to the table, get the big butcher knife out, and cut the hand off. I'm going to tell you what the body does. It begins to grab those little T-cells, those little antibodies from everywhere else. But the foot didn't have nothing to do with it. The arm didn't have nothing to do with it. The heart didn't. I know. But if we're going to save the hand, everybody's got to get involved. The point is, I don't want to lose the hand. So I don't care why you're suffering. I don't know what brought it into your life. But this I do know. As a body, we need to respond in love. And we need to reach out and bring healing. My God have mercy. Because when we heal it, everybody wins. When we heal it, the whole body becomes strong. It's a fellowship of suffering that comes from all kinds of angles and all kinds of ways and purposes and backgrounds and situations, but that's all right. We're in this together. Paul said we've been planted together in the likeness of his death. We shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Peter put it this way in 1 Peter 4 and 12. Beloved, think it not strange... Think it not strange concerning the fiery, if I say fiery, this wasn't no little trial, 
something that can burn you alive. Let me tell you, when you're touched by fire, everybody knows it. It leaves a mark. Fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But wait a minute. This is exactly how we act. Every time something come against me, I'm like, oh, bless God. I can see you, devil. I give you a black eye. God say, no, that's not quite how I wanted you to respond to that. But that's okay. We'll do this again later. Huh? Oh, yeah. You walk around thinking it's some, some odd, strange thing. Why? Because religion has trained you that way. We live in a religious world today that some say, if you're going through something, you must not be living right. If there's not a million dollars in your bank account, you must not be living right. Well, I guess every apostle was a bunch of heathens. Because none of them had it. And God only knows how they died. It wasn't too... It didn't even happen until you get to us, Laodicean church. That's who we are, lazy, lazy church. Now, I'm not talking to the Wednesday night crowd. You fought the harsh weathers of South Florida to get here. God bless your heart. <laughs> some, old, some old trial come on us, and, and we just like, we get all up in odds, and someone come against us. Some, some man or some woman, some, uh, some job, some whatever, we get all fired up and uh, we're going to show them a thing or two and they're not going to treat me that way. And the whole time God was putting you in a position to be able to show them what true character of God looks like. But you failed. Tell your neighbor, you failed. Yeah, that's okay. We can do it again. We treat it like some strange thing happened to us. You know what I'm talking about. No matter what comes our way, whether it's a sickness or someone comes against us or whether it's a religious attack because of our belief or whatever it may be, we, are, we treat it like some foreign strange thing has entered into our perfect little area, our utopia of life that God is giving us. Jesus himself said, if you're going to follow me, you have got to pick up your cross. Every day, you have to pick up your cross. When you get up in the morning, you got to pick it up, and you got to start this journey, because there'll never be a day that there's not a cross bearing upon your back. And I am here to tell every one of us here tonight in the Holy Ghost that there are things you are going through right now, because God is just trying to show us what's in there. Because what is in there will keep us out of there. God is going to work on us. He's going to get it out of us. Always blaming the spouse. Always blaming the children. I blame my dogs personally. 
My life would be a whole lot better, Sister Jones. I didn't have them dogs. I got to wash blankets because of them dogs. Keep things smelling right. Got to feed them, water them, lock them up when I leave because they'll get out and go visit the neighbors. I tell my neighbors, quit feeding the mud reds. My dog eats dog food. If you feed him reds, guess where he's going to go? He's going to go to your house. He gets dog food at my house, the worst kind I can buy, cheapest too. But they look good, they're in good shape, and they love me. I go home, and I, I know they love me, because I go home, sit on the front porch, and I put a big plate of food in my lap, and they just come sit right there by me. It's me they love, not the food. All right, I got distracted, I'm sorry. I ain't got to my message yet, I got to get in this thing. We treat this thing like it's some strange thing. And God says, through Peter, he says here, why are you treating this trial that you are in as though it's a stranger? It's not a stranger. It's me. Don't you understand? I love you. I'm walking in your life. And listen, some of you have gone through things. I would never walk in your shoes. But never want to walk in your shoes. But God trusts you. He, he let you go through it because he trusts you. And he knows you can get through it. And why? Why is he doing all of that? Well, I might probably won't have time to get to it. But Paul the Apostle tells us uh, that so that we can comfort somebody else uh, who's going to go through the same thing. Listen, one thing that I have learned. We are the fellowship of suffering. Uh, and if something happens to you and I've never experienced I can pat you on the back I can love you but I can't really be there for you or find somebody else that went through it bro they can bring you in tight you can feel the love and you can feel the strength and the comfort why it's the fellowship of suffering we're going to get through it I know what you're facing I know what you're going through I've been there I faced it stop reacting to your trial with negativism and hate and anger and pain and all of these things that rise up. Get those things out of you. Let God do a work in you and find somebody in the body and love them and help them and be there for them. Treat this as though it is some strange thing he said, verse 13. He said, but rejoice in as much as you are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. Let's continue on. I got so much here, but I want to read some scripture here tonight. First Peter 4 and 14. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye for the spirit of glory and of God rest upon you. I wonder when the day's going to come when we're going through an incredible trial and we get up out of bed and we say, God, you're so good. God, you're so good. But look what you're going through. God is holy. He's rested. You. His word says it. 
the reproach of Christ, the sufferings of this world, the difficulties of this world, the difficulties that life can bring that God allows to flow into your life. He backs up and allows it to come. When's the day going to come that we stand up and just say, oh my God, it is on me. And the greater the trial, the heavier he rests on you. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. He's going to be there for you. And if he puts a heavy weight on you, he's going to have a heavy hand. He's going to counterbalance it. As much push as here, you're going to find underneath you, supporting you in love and in compassion. Yes, he will. Yes, he is. It says right here, the glory of God rests upon you. Tell your neighbor, God's glory is on you. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, under the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints which are in Achaia, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Who is he? He's the God of all. when Noah built that ark he brought two of the unclean ones and seven of the clean what's the first thing he did when he landed what who did he sacrifice so you're telling me that some of the animals that were saved were saved only to be sacrificed. Sometimes we're brought out, and if God trusts us, and if there is no spot or wrinkle on us, he will sacrifice you. He will allow things to come into your life that seem almost unbearable for a human being. You know why? Because there's 10,000 just like you out there that have no hope, no light, no hope, and no confidence. And when they walk through those doors, if there's not somebody in here who has faced the same thing that they face out there, how are we going to help them? You know, I said this before, and I'm going to come to a close. I hope, I hope we're understanding what Pastor, what the Lord's trying to say tonight a little bit, because maybe we can address our trials this morning. Some of you have suffered from cancer. Some of you have lost 
love you. How many of you have lost your own children? I could never walk in that shoes. Never. And you still sit on this pew. And tomorrow morning, someone's going to wake up and their son or their daughter is going to be taken out of this world. And they're going to cry out to God. And God's going to say, I know just where to take them. I know somebody that can help them. And he will walk them in. And somebody, somehow, by the miraculous power of God, he will put you together. And life will come to that person. And hope will be born in their heart. And they'll say, if God brought you through it, God can bring me through it. And 100 million years from now, when we are with Christ in eternity, what we face on this earth will be insignificant. Paul, the apostle, said, I got a glimpse. Just a glimpse. I wasn't up there long. He let poke my head up above the cloud, and I kind of looked around, and I, I opened up my mouth. I was about to say something, and then poof, I was gone. Back there on this old dreary, ugly earth. And he said, all that I have faced, all the beatings, all the sufferings, all the jail, everything that I have gone through, the starvations and the stoning, everything I've been, he said, none of that can compare to that little glimpse that I got. So while we're here on earth, it can sure seem pretty tough, can't it? It can seem really difficult. So I have two encouragements. I'm going to come to a close. One, we are the fellowship of the suffering. Stop suffering alone. Find someone. Two, let's stop letting others suffer alone. Let's find them. You say, well, I, I, I don't have the right words. You will never have the right words. It's not the right words. It's just being there. It's letting God flow through you to them. And if you experience what they experience, it's sharing one another's burdens. Leaning on one another. Getting through this thing somehow. And if you have suffered mightily upon this earth, God will do wonderful things. Wonderful things for you. I remember I was praying for my mom. I'm closing. Don't stand, Becky. I am closing. I, I think I'm running out of scripture. I remember I was praying for my mom. I, I said this before. And, uh, you know, it was a tough situation as a pastor to an evangelist at the time, but later becoming a pastor. My mother's crippled and diseased in all kinds of ways. 
and then you got to get up and you got to preach on healing. Right? And actually believe it when you preach it. And so I remember I was praying and talking to the Lord. And uh, the Lord, the Lord ministered into my spirit. I've never heard the audible voice of God. But he's ministered, he ministered into my spirit. And I heard him saying in my heart while I was praying. He said, for every affliction in this world, I have a son and a daughter who faced the same thing and never cursed my name. And then he mentioned, he said something. He said, I am a just God. There cannot be one sinner stand before me, not one, that will be able to say to me, I would have served you, but I had to go through such and such that I will not be able to say, but she went through it too and never cursed my name and served me until she took over his place. He's a just God. We need to stop viewing our trials and adversities and our difficulties and the things that we go through as horrible plights of the devil that ravage our life on a daily basis and rather see it for what it really is. We are a fellowship of suffering. Because we are here to reach a suffering world. And it's only going to get worse. And if we're going to reach a world that suffers, we need to be a church that understands suffering. The difference between us and them is we have God. And so in the midst of my greatest trial, his spirit. Lord, give us a different outlook on what we're facing. Hmm. God, how can this strengthen me? How can this help me, purify me? Who am I going to be able to help with this? I count everything as lost, God. You are the only thing that matters to me. It's him. Paul says in verse 4 of chapter 1 of 2 Corinthians, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them that are in any trouble. Why is there tribulation? God, the God of all comfort, Paul called him in verse 3. He is the God of all comfort. That no matter what you are facing, no matter what you're going through, no matter how difficult it is, God can comfort you in it. If you will let him. Why? (laughs) That we may be able to comfort them which are. In any trouble. 
by comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation, our comfort also abounded by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation, your comfort and salvation. Paul says, I am afflicted that I might comfort you. Now he had a complete different uncle and suffering. Wonder what would happen to the church if somehow we got a hold of this. I'm going to tell you the first thing that would happen. Your suffering would no longer be in vain. Many of us suffer in vain because we never allow God to use us to comfort someone else in that area of suffering. And our suffering is in vain. But if I can go through this anxiously waiting, Brother Thomas, anxiously waiting for the moment. And God brings that man into your life who also has to have that surgery. And you can tell him, yeah, I know. Depression has a way to get a hold of you, but God can help you. It's going to get better. You're going to be all right. This isn't, this isn't the end. It's going to be okay. From the right side to the left, multiplicity of sufferings across this congregation and all of us have a calling to comfort someone else in our suffering it's a calling and the greater the suffering the greater the calling because they don't have any hope they don't have God in them holding their life together when everything is falling apart. They don't have a fellowship of suffering that wraps their arms around them and bring them in tight and says, it's going to be all right. But God, but God wants to bring them in. He wants to bring them in. Father, we love you tonight. God, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you for your instructions. And, Lord, I just pray right now, touch every mind, every heart that is in this building here, Lord, this evening. Oh, Father, give us a brand new outlook on suffering. Change it, God. Change the way we view it. Change the way we see it, God. Father, I come to you, Lord, your love, your power. We need you, Jesus. There's so many things that we're going through. And, oh, God, some of us in this place, oh, Lord, they have suffered so greatly. Loss of a loved one, Lord. Oh, God, loss of financially, the loss of health. They have suffered in their bodies in so many ways. But, oh, God, it's not for naught. There is a soul. There is a man. There is a woman. There is someone, oh, Lord, that you have your eye on. There's someone that you're drawing, someone that you're ministering to, that the world has ravaged. But, oh, Lord, you've got one of us, God, that's going to be a help to them, 
Lord, they're going to be saved because we were willing to suffer. They're going to be saved because we were willing to comfort others who are suffering. Oh, God, it's why we've gone through it. Your power rests upon us. Your anointing rests upon us. And when we go to them, because that anointing rests upon us, they're going to feel that anointing. They're going to feel that power. They're going to feel the glory of God. Oh, God. It's going to be a help to them. It's going to be a strength to them, oh, Lord. We count everything. God is lost. We just want to see the kingdom grow. We want to see men blessed. We want to see them saved, redeemed, brought up out of hell. And it's going to come through our experiences. It's going to come through our suffering that we're going to be able to comfort them. Oh, God, I pray, help us, strengthen us, get a hold of us, reshape us, somehow get us to see this, to understand this. Help us to view our suffering different. Help us to see you working in our lives. Help us to see you doing something incredible and wonderful. And when the time is right, when the moment is right, oh, God, you're going to move, respond. You're going to be there. You're going to make it all happen. You're going to bring it all together. And men are going to be touched and saved. Women are going to be delivered and strengthened and encouraged because your spirit rests upon us. Your spirit rests upon us. Hallelujah. 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 Can't you feel him upon you? Can't you feel him upon you? Can't you feel his power? Can't you feel his anointing? He rests upon you tonight. Yes, he does. You have suffered much. You have gone through much. You have walked through much. But I rest upon you, my child. My hand is upon you. My glory will shine through you. My anointing will touch others. And through your experience, I will comfort others and they will be redeemed and delivered and saved oh God we love you we praise you we adore you Lord we magnify you Jesus he's in this place he's in this place hallelujah hallelujah Let's take a moment. Let him rest upon you. Will you do that? You've been going through something. Why don't you change the way you look at it right now? Why don't you let the Holy Ghost come upon you? Let the Spirit of God rest upon you. He'll come upon you heavily. He desires to help you. He desires to comfort you. Oh, yes, he does. He's the comforter of all things. He will comfort you. Whatever the situation is, he will bring comfort into your spirit. Comfort upon your mind comfort upon you oh yes his spirit will rest upon you heavily oh hallelujah 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 your suffering will not be in vain no it won't no it won't God's going to use you something's going to come out of it God's going to touch someone God's going to comfort someone Oh, God, we love you, we love you, we praise you, we adore you, we magnify you, we glorify your name, we glorify your name, we glorify the name of the Lord, we glorify the name of the Lord, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, sweet Lord. We love you, Father. You're glorious. You're glorious. You're glorious. You're glorious. 
Oh, yes, yes, Jesus. Jesus, we praise you. Lord, we adore you tonight. We need you. Visit us tonight, oh God. Visit us with your spirit. Visit us with your power. Visit us with your anointing. Let your blessings be upon us tonight. Let your hand rest upon us, oh God. Let your hand rest upon us, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> ah, thank you, Jesus. Jesus, we love you. We love you. We love you. We praise you. We adore you, Lord. 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 I want you to say, Jesus, you rest on me. Say, Jesus, you can rest on me. You can rest on me. I want you to see yourself different. We have all suffered some, at least how we gauge suffering, some have seemed to suffer much more. And you walk from this day forward. You must see God's hand resting on you. You must recognize that there is someone, many, potentially many, God will use you. He will use you. His hand is on you. He loves you. Praise God. Amen. God bless you. I love you. Thank you for being faithful on Wednesday nights. Lord, we give you praise and honor and glory. We love you. We magnify you, God. <laughs> you are wonderful, Lord. You are wonderful, Lord. You are wonderful, Lord. You are wonderful. 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 